Political Podcast. At some point you look around, and you're the only one. I mean, it's pretty good. And just like that, the perspective shifts. Paging Bobby Winsler to the microphone. On in three, two... Welcome in, however you're making us part of your day, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or even through the concurrent mobile app or website, I am sure glad you're joining us. This is our last show before Thanksgiving. So I want to start by taking a moment to, well, give thanks. It's a little funny because... After over 100,000 words written since February, when you combine all the writing I do for these podcasts and for uh, the columns, I am at a loss when it comes to writing something to describe my gratitude to you. The concurrent is an idea, one that is built on the premise that a more informed county is a better place to live, and that there needs to be a free source of critical analysis to this information. I'm not right about everything, and if we disagree on an issue, I don't want you to feel like you have to hide from that or turn away from the concurrent, but rather, the community that we're building here is one of free expression. It is cliche to say this is a most consequential time in our history that requires the best that we have to offer, but I truly believe that to be the case right now. I was out delivering papers this Sunday, and I had a chance to catch up with some people in their driveways, and I love all the stories they tell. I stopped by one house, Rick, and I think he was surprised it was me delivering the papers. I don't think of The Concurrent as a one-man show, because I do have people volunteering their time, which I'm incredibly grateful for, and I've never thought of the entire publication as mine, because it's our idea to explore together to see if it can work. But it has been an exceptionally busy time for me lately, which has led me to be just getting by with the bare minimum of effort put in. And yet... You've stayed with us through it all. Even the comments on Facebook this weekend were excellent. What we're building here is something special, and it is all a credit to you, and I could not be more thankful. So I wanted you to remember that, because when I react to the Sunday Chronicle commentary, I'm going to ruin that sentiment of everything I just said. More on that in about five minutes. But first... I want to talk about our Sunday's column, because it did get some great feedback from people on Facebook. Whenever I see a notification that Laura has commented, I know that I'm going to see the world differently after I read her insight, and I love that. It's always so thoughtful and well-written. Likewise, whenever I see a comment from Brent, I know that I'm going to learn something new. He even included a citation with his comment, which presented new information, and now I'm curious to know more about Stormwater. Sunday's column was about generosity. My claim was that it's starting to become an expectation rather than a special act someone does to go above and beyond. 
I can't believe I've never done this before, but I want to take just a moment to tell you where the motivation to write the column that way came from. A common question I get is people asking if it's hard to come up with something to write about twice weekly. Some days, you know, it really is. But the, there have only been about two of those days in over 80 entries done so far. And I know this is a cliche writer thing to say, but most of the time it really is harder to figure out what to leave out than it is coming up with material. For example, the Inverness Arts Festival was this weekend, and I worked lighting and sound at the Valerie Theater for an exhibit that my wife helped put on. Rachel is a local dance studio owner, for those who don't know. The idea behind what they did on Saturday wasn't a performance, though, but rather an immersive exhibition. It was interactive. It was experiential. And honestly, it was just really freaking cool. When we ran through it on Friday the night, though, before the festival, the people participating in the run-through were all dancers at Rachel's studio, and the experience didn't have an effect on me. It felt like a performance, like something that I should be watching rather than experiencing. And then the first group. There were five groups total throughout the day, but this first group of strangers walks in during the festival. And all of a the sudden, they were sketching these amazing drawings and moving in a way that mirrored the professional dancers. And these are festival goers, amateurs, probably half were a fried pretzel deep, some with an impulse buy of an art print tucked clumsily under their armpits. And they were getting into it. They were joining, not by expectation, but by choice, not by compulsion, but by invitation. And that made all the difference between the dancers from the previous night who were better trained, but who had to be there, and these complete beginners who wanted to be there. Does the metaphor between the art installment and the way people react charitably always cross over? Probably not. We rely on the commission's expertise to tell us what the most pressing need is so we truly know what is worth giving to. This is the point that Laura made in her comment, and it's perfectly reasonable. What we need, though, is more information from the county about how these efforts are going, better communication. Nearly every commissioner campaigns on transparency, and that is the role of the media as well. But as we'll see in the next topic, so far that's easier said than done. Getting to topic two after this brief Thanksgiving interlude. This topic is going to be a contradictory call for congratulations to the Chronicle, as well as condemnations of the editorial staff. It's going to be an appreciation of the power of a unified community while also arguing for competing ideas. In other words, this stuff is complicated. Let's try to sort through it. Chronicle executive editor Jeff Bryan deserves a lot of credit. For just the second time since his columns began, he took a position on an issue in public affairs, and it's a good one. His point was that trade organizations aren't power brokers flaunting their influence, but rather experts in their respective fields who can provide valuable insight to elected officials. I agree with this and think it needed to be said. 
I loved everything about this column, and I hope to see more like it in the future. Great job, Jeff. Now let's shift to why the Chronicle editorial staff, including Jeff, has lost their damn minds. In Sunday's column, I quoted a Chronicle story Mike Bates wrote on November 16th that said, quote, The county has received $2.5 million in donations to date, according to county data. That includes $236,400 from the Citrus County Chronicles GoFundMe.com campaign. It also includes $1.5 million in prior year donations, pledged revenue, and eligible impact fees available for the shelter. Added to that is $681,000 from Citrus County residents this year, said Commissioner Ruthie Schleybaugh. End quote. And eligible impact fees? My point in the column was why is something that is compulsory, something that is required for people to pay, included in the amounts that are considered charitable contributions? In fact, my voice of reason commenter Laura even said she thought it was probably a mistake that the reporter made, which I responded saying was something I thought was likely as well. And then the Chronicle's Sunday editorial repeats the claim! That means it went before the entire editorial board, and they didn't find anything strange about it, and decided to include it in an argument as to why the Animal Shelter Project is on the right course. This reminds me of the editorial that led to the concurrent as an idea almost a year ago. An editorial argued that the United Way would be able to distribute CARES Act funds for cheaper than what the county was doing at the time, which was just untrue. But it sounded nice to include in an argument for a position the editorial staff held. This is essentially the same thing. It's a failure to critically analyze an extremely troublesome claim that collected impact fees are the equivalent of charitable giving because that claim helps bolster an opinion that the paper holds. That's the exact opposite of what the role of a newspaper should be. Here's why this happens. Because positions like this help to unite the community. It's much better for the overall resident morale to say that the project is on the right track and that it's all because of the selflessness of the many who contributed than it is to say that the project is three to four million dollars over budget and that these shortfalls are going to have to be covered through half-truths and higher taxes or decreased services in other areas. The problem is that only focusing on the good to have come from the shelter project so far, and I'm glad we're getting a new shelter, and the community support has been amazing to see, but this doesn't change the fact that there are some serious troubling parts of the project that exist right now. But Bobby, criticism dis divides a community. Why do you have to talk about all of this out in the open rather than just with the key stakeholders within the county? It's called public affairs. The whole point of the American experiment is to hash these things out publicly. Look, I'm an avid Tennessee Titans fans, but I don't hope the NFL does away with the 31 other teams and just unites all NFL fans behind Ryan Tannehill. Competition breeds greatness and progress. I love this community. I really do. But man, it is terrified, paralyzingly scared still of anything that is seen out of an unspoken, acceptable mainstream. 
Jeff knows that when he does well, I'm going to give him credit. And when the paper falters, then I'm going to criticize it. He's a grown-up. But I don't get that feeling from everyone. I want to end on a high note, because it's a holiday week. This love song came on my gym playlist quite randomly because it's really slow. It was like an algorithm gone awry, but it was perfect for how I feel about this county. If you've been following with the concurrent up to this point, or made it through this far of the episode, then the song may become relatable in a new perspective. It's Jason Mraz, I Won't Give Up. The person in the song is singing to someone who needs help, but who isn't ready to be helped yet, and the singer promises to stick by through whatever it takes. The bridge is especially impactful. Here we go. I don't want to be someone who walks away so easily. I'm here to stay and make the difference that I can make. Our differences, they do a lot to teach us how to use the tools and gifts we've got a lot at stake. I won't give up on us. God knows I'm tough enough. He knows we got a lot to learn. And God knows we're worth it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. That's all from the Bobby Winsler Show. Follow the Concurrent on social media for the latest updates, and we'll be back next Tuesday at noon. If you want to join this conversation, find us on social at the Concurrent Facebook, Twitter. Go to the Concurrent website, mobile app, post on our discussion boards. Have a great Thanksgiving.